Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to Every Version Ever. Today's episode is probably one of the more mainstream versions we'll be covering for our Peter and the Wolf series. Certainly one of the most star-studded. And of course, those terms are all relative to the time that it was made. I suppose in 1958, Art Carney's version could have been called star-studded, even though he's not really that well-known today. But this time we're looking at an animated TV special from 1995 starring Lloyd Bridges and Kirstie Alley, as well as Ross Malinger, who was somewhat of a child star staple in the 90s. So I suppose in the 90s, star-studded would have been a more apt description than it was today. Anyway, the other notable thing about this special is that the characters were designed by legendary animator Chuck Jones. Now, this special is nowhere near his work on the original Looney Tunes shorts, but since that's what he was so well known for back in the day, it was interesting to see some of his work towards the end of his career as well. Joining me for this episode is my friend Mark Brown. Mark is familiar with a lot of semi-obscure 90s animations, as well as Chuck Jones, of course. So when I offered this one as an episode for him to join me on, I half expected him to have already seen it. It turned out he hadn't, but we still had a lot of fun talking about it anyway. Was this your first time seeing it, or no? Yes. Was it your first time seeing it? Yep. <laughs> okay. I wondered if maybe it wouldn't have been one that you had seen before, since you've seen a lot of older, obscure animation. No, it's... um, I've only seen one version of Peter and the Wolf before this, which was the Disney one, which I think was in Make Mine Music, if I'm not mistaken. And I... That or Melody Time. I, I can never remember which short goes to which one of those. And I mean, it's understandable. They're pretty much the same movie. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Same concept. Yeah. So the um, I didn't. I couldn't even remember what the story was about. So it was pretty much a brand new experience for me watching this. Well, I personally am really familiar with it, but and it's because of the Disney film. But the Disney film was unattached to whichever <laughs> compilation film it was. It was in a different video cassette that we had when we were kids that had a bunch of different musical Disney shorts on it. I don't remember what it was called. I just know it was a VHS, and we didn't have that many VHSs, so that one got watched quite a bit. Nice. And I feel like we also had a CD with the music on it. Because, like, my mom loves classical music, so she had all kinds of classical music. But I think she had one that was, like, classical music for kids or something. And I think Peter and the Wolf was on there as well. It makes sense. But, yeah, besides the Disney one, this is the only other adaptation I've seen, so I'm very unfamiliar with the story. Mm. Heck, even after watching this, I can't, <laughs> I can't really tell you what the story is. <laughs> I mean, it's a very simple story. Yeah, it's a boy, there's a wolf. <laughs> That's yeah, why I, I don't even really know why I decided to do this for every version ever. I think it's just because I suddenly realized that there was a whole bunch of versions out there. But the more that I'm watching them, I realize they're all very short. Yeah, I don't think there's much to actually make a full-length feature about. Yeah, no, there's not. The, the one that started this was, there was a... It's like a scary, uh, scary animated movie or something, right? Kinda, yeah. It was stop motion, and yeah. it will have already covered that by the time this one airs, because that was we actually recorded that episode last year, and that I think that's the one that started this whole thing. Because then I was like, well, I already have that other one, 
and I kept finding more versions online. I was like, I should just make this into a series. So suddenly I'm doing Peter and the Wolf, and it wasn't one that I'd even planned for this year. <laughs> well, I'm not familiar with any of the adaptations, but I'm pretty sure this this one directed by Chuck Jones. So I mean, it wasn't that bad? <laughs> no, it was fine. It, yeah, it, fine. It's not my favorite though. I think my favorite probably is the more scary looking one, the the stop motion one. Yeah, I saw the poster for that, and just from the poster alone, I can get a sense of, I guess, what the tone of that would be. Yeah. But this version, this is, firstly, before you sent me the link to the clip, I um, I didn't realize this was, I, I had thought this was a fully animated film, but then it's like, no, it's a live-action animated hybrid short. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't really get why. I don't see the point of the live action sequence other than you know they're telling the story uh, it's you know lloyd bridges and uh his daughter's kirstie alley and kirstie alley is telling the story to her son but besides that i don't really see why they needed to be a live action segment i have a of, feeling uh, this. this is just me being cynical they just wanted some big name stars to make headlines True. Like, <laughs> like come watch this new special starring kirstie alley and lloyd bridges and like what kid is going to know who they are <laughs> this, is for, this is for the parents i i'm not even sure i know who lloyd bridges are i know i looked him up and he has a huge filmography so he's obviously a big name but I'm probably, not really familiar with him. You probably know him better. He's the father of Bo Bridges and Jeff Bridges. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes but, sense. But he was, he was a big star, too. Okay. And then Kirstie Alley, I, I feel like I should know her, but I don't know what I... I mean, like, I obviously know who she is. She's very familiar. But I don't know if I've ever seen anything that she's been in. She was in Cheers. You ever see that? I don't think I've ever watched a full episode. Okay, so <laughs> I, I know the show, and that's probably why I know her. But... I think I think that's also why she was in this film because this was, I guess, nineteen ninety four, and it wasn't long after Cheers had ended, so she was still pretty. Yeah, like that was her her time. Yeah, yeah, it, definitely her time because like now is not her time because I, I don't <laughs> think she's done anything in. I I can't I, I don't remember what her last credit was. The last thing I saw was like she was on some reality show. Sounds about right. <laughs> but yeah, but but besides that, I don't. I didn't really see the point. Like it wasn't even like you know the Princess Bride where you know you have the boy and his uh-huh. grandfather and who's Peter Falk and he's reading. The movie is him reading the story to his kid, and it, it pretty much goes into that. But. That is a good parallel, but that actually works with the live action. I mean, it was all live action, but like yeah. with the real world segments, that exactly. actually works. Exactly. This is just kind of meh. Exactly. Because like in this one, they tried to build a story of, oh, the daughter um, moved away from her dad and her mother died. And like, they're trying to connect all these pieces and uh-huh. I didn't see what they were connecting to in the end. No, it was like, why... They're they're like expecting us to care about this melodramatic backstory, but like I don't know these characters. Why why am I supposed to care about whatever happened in the past? Because they're not really that explicit as to what happened. Like obviously, her mom 
died at some point in the past, but it's been a while. And the dad moved back to this, I don't know where it is, some other country, because he talks about going to America. So it's not America. Some random country where they all have American accents. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, if this is supposed to be like Switzerland or Russia or Norway, why don't they have that kind of an accent? Because neither of them had any sort of an accent. They both sounded like Americans, but they this was their home country because she grew up there. She talked about playing in the meadow as a little girl. So what happened to the accent? Exactly. <laughs> like, you could argue she lost it when she went to America, but why does the grandpa have <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I will say, though, even though the two big names were supposed to be the big names that everybody cares about, <laughs> the one that I actually knew was the kid. Oh, him here. I, I didn't know him, actually. Have you ever watched Recess? No, I haven't. Really? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. The The kid is Ross Malinger, if that's how you pronounce it, I don't know. But he played T.J. Detweiler. He was the main character on Recess, which uh, we, we watched like every episode of Recess as kids. Nice. That was one of those Disney Channel shows that got ported over to ABC on Saturday mornings. Oh, okay. So... Okay. Saturday morning was appointment TV as far as all the Disney Channel shows that we could never watch because they're on Disney Channel. Now we can watch them because they're on our channel. Yeah, I get that feeling. I had a similar thing one time where I don't know what happened, but for some reason we started getting the quote-unquote Disney Channel on local on our local you know an antenna i don't know how it happened it was like for a month and then disappeared <laughs> so i just hmm. made sure i watched the, all that i could but yeah i didn't know the kid i just knew i knew lloyd bridges and kirstie alley one thing i didn't realize either was kirstie alley also did i guess apparently did the the voices of the animals in the animated segment so the wolf and the uh, duck and the well the wolf was credited as somebody else but okay. it was somebody who wasn't an actor. It was like the producer. Okay. <laughs> but I could see her doing the little sounds that the other ones made because they didn't actually talk. They just made noises. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, I mean. But like the funniest thing to me was the uh, the animation of the grandfather, <laughs> the, not the, the the animated grandfather when he's walking for the first time. Like he just strolls in and like his arms are just waving <laughs> from one side to another. I just thought that was hilarious. Wolf was George Doherty. He's a conductor, director, producer, and writer. (laughs) And his most successful concert was Bugs Bunny on Broadway. Which is probably why he was brought in for this. It is a Chuck Jones film in the end. Yeah, I didn't realize at first that Chuck Jones had done this. And I actually didn't realize that he had continued working into the 90s. Yeah, well, he, he lived a long life. It was like almost 90 when he died. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm just mainly familiar with, like, Looney Tunes, Tom yeah. and Jerry. And since those kind of ended in the 60s, I never really thought about him working past when those ended. No, I get it. That makes sense. The only reason I knew... Like, I knew this was Chuck Jones because I don't know if maybe the link you sent me mentioned it in the title or the, or the bio or like the about section, but 
the, the title, the because on YouTube it was called Chuck Jones, Peter and the Wolf. Okay, so yeah, that, that's what maybe realized. Oh, interesting. But like we mentioned before, like the story is pretty, it's pretty simple. Yeah, uh, tells the kid, don't go playing in the woods. <laughs> it it's probably partly just because of the nature of what the story originated from, because it's basically a piece of music that has been yeah. turned into a story. So you can't really, unless you get like real creative and fan fiction with it, you can't really build too much extra story into this. New world. <laughs> one man, one wolf. This time it's personal. <laughs> I guess the most... I don't want to say most creative thing was the fact just that it was live action and animation. That's that's how they fleshed it out was adding this live action segment, which I guess that's another reason that they could have done that beyond just the star factor. True, because otherwise it would be like a 15 minute short that wasn't really anything special. Yeah, well, (laughs) I don't know that... The live action part was anything real special either. I wasn't like, I don't want to say that anybody is here is a bad actor because they're not. I think it had more to do with the script, but like, I didn't feel like the kid acted like an actual kid, especially with the way he was reacting to the story. Like, (laughs) saying, wow. (laughs) Like, he's like 12. (laughs) That's. Maybe uh, somebody going wow to a verbally explained story is like a five year old. <laughs> I get that. I agree with that. Like Lloyd Bridges and Christy Alley, I think they did they did their jobs well. But like, yeah, I do think the kids' delivery, yeah, or just overall, well, like you said, it's just I think it's a script. Yeah. Because I know he's a good actor, because he did great voice work in Recess. He was, like, a really believable kid. That's one of the things that made Recess great, was, like, these felt like real kids. It wasn't, like, adults doing kids' voices. I mean, some of them were. It was kind of a mix. But they felt like real kids. This, he didn't feel like a real kid, even though he is a literal child. Yeah. (laughs) Just felt like, I don't know, a badly written interpretation of a child (laughs) how had you um, heard about this adaptation I just found it when I started looking up more adaptations of Peter and the Wolf this is one of the first ones that I didn't find it originally I I found like a picture of it and people talking about the 90s TV version so I started searching specifically for a 90s animated version, and then I found out it wasn't actually animated. But yeah, that's how I found it. Just me trying to find more versions. Okay. And the good thing with, with this is a, something that you don't really need. This is put on the ground and watch while you're doing something. You don't really need just yeah. 100% attention. Yeah, and it helps that it's a lot of it is music anyway. Yeah. I guess the main thing that Chuck Jones did for this, because he didn't animate it, and there was a thing on Wikipedia about him saying he would have done it differently, but he was the character designer, which you can definitely tell. You can see it there. It looks like 
something that he would have done. The the characters they kind of reminded me of Phantom Tollbooth. I could see that, which uh, he also directed, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, I I could see the Looney Tunes esque, like not drawing, but like overall style, I guess. Yeah, I feel like that's most apparent in the cat and the wolf. Yeah, even though the wolf is ugly. <laughs> Yeah, like, not, the wolf not, is not really the ugly. This is probably one of the ugliest cartoon wolves that I've ever seen. He's, like, so misshapen. Oh, no, that's a list. Ugliest cartoon wolves. <laughs> Ranked. Number ten. Number seven will surprise you. <laughs> that would be a hilarious random YouTube video. <laughs> like, the, the hoodwinked one. wolf would probably make it there somewhere. Uh, I don't know. Just, be, just because I, of I feel like I would be biased age. in favor of it not being there just because I like Hoodwinked, even though the animation or the character designs weren't the greatest. Oh, I love But I, I like the movie. Mm-hmm. I love Hoodwinked as well. Oh, and also the story. I don't... What was the moral of this? This moral that, you know, obey your your parents and stay, you know, stay inside and don't, don't go out where it's dangerous unless if you go out, you can... <laughs> kill a wolf or something then it's fine i'm not i'm not sure if they're supposed to be that specific of a moral especially because it's based on a piece of music yeah yeah so it's not like a traditional fairy tale where it was written to convey a message to children yeah i guess i don't really know which came first the story or the music but because of that like just the nature of how it came to be the music and story together anyway. And the fact that it's not like an ancient tale. I think it was like late 1800s, early 1900s when it was written. So it's not like a Grimm's fairy tale thing where the child will die to learn a lesson. (laughs) Like the, this, the, the adaptation in this was pretty straightforward as to how the story went right down to the wolf being taken to the zoo, because that's what happened at the end of the story anyway. Oh, yeah, I forgot there were hunters in this as well. Yeah, you would you would assume that with hunters in the story, that the wolf is going to end up dead by the end of it, but no. And, that's, and it's not like that they softened that for the animation. That's what happened in the original story. The wolf was taken to a zoo. Oh, okay. Whereas if it were a Grimm's fairy tale, Peter probably would have been devoured and the hunters would have killed the wolf at retribution. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I need that version. <laughs> but um, now that you mentioned the hunters, their designer, I got a lot of like, you know, Pink Panther anime, animation vibes from that. I could see that. I thought they looked like garden gnomes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, that too. But not like David the Gnome, I guess. No, more like the gnomes. They're, they're more... It's a different kind of gnome that's more popular these days than the garden gnomes. Uh, okay. They're the ones that... I mean, the, the ones in the cartoon had eyes, but these ones don't really have eyes because the hat kind of covers the eyes. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, yeah. I think the thing that stands out to me, at least as far as character designs go is how much that none of the characters designs really stand out except for the fact that the wolf is so ugly because 
like with since I've seen a bunch of different versions now, the other versions have done things to make the characters really memorable and unique. Like in the Disney version, they had the little Russian hat on the bird. Okay. And in the stop motion one, the bird was a crow with a broken wing. And that was part of the story with him was he couldn't fly. So part of the thing with him was like getting a little balloon so he could like float around and like they did little things to make the the animals stand out and be unique. Whereas in this one, the bird is just a little red bird. I guess it has eggs. So that's unique to this version, but I don't know. The designs are just kind of generic to me. The duck is not that memorable. It's kind of like leftover designs they've probably found in their their files somewhere. It could have been, because it seems like these would have been like side characters in one Looney Tunes cartoon. Exactly. Like if a Looney Tunes cartoon needed some little bird and they didn't want to use Tweety, then they would just draw this generic little red bird. Or a duck. Yeah, or the cat. Like, the cat is very not memorable either. Like, in the stop-motion version, the cat is an enormous fat cat, and he's hilarious. Maybe that version was a she. I don't remember. Either way, the cat is hilarious. This one is just... There's a hairage cat who's trying to attack... So that's the other thing. The cat's trying to attack the... He's trying to eat the bird and duck, and, you know, it's fine and all that. But when the wolf comes uh, yeah. to do it, <laughs> that, that's that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, I thought that, too. It's like, the cat is, like, sad when the duck is eaten. But, like, you were literally just two seconds ago trying to murder that little bird. <laughs> He's sad, so I'm beat him to it, I guess. <laughs> and then later, when the duck is revealed to be alive, the cat is, like, eyeing him hungrily <laughs> this is so like hypocrite much yeah sorry i guess an animation <laughs> i guess that is the duck being revealed to be alive is one change that they made because that did not happen in the original story the duck is gone there's like a hint that it's still alive but it's inside the wolf like you can still hear it quacking inside the wolf which is almost darker than the duck being dead but he does not escape. The different versions have have changed the end so that the duck escapes. But in the original, he does not escape. That's what I was wondering because I couldn't remember the Disney version. But when I saw this version, I'm like, oh, they of course they they didn't kill off the duck. The, like, I think the duck survived in the Disney version. Okay. But like in the stop motion one which is probably the one that I would wish that the duck did survive in because he was so cute and hilarious. And, like, that one, Peter and the duck have, like, a genuine friendship. And it's really sad when the duck is eaten. So that one would be the one where you'd, like, most root for the duck to be safe at the end. And no, he's not safe. He's dead. But that is the most dark version of the story, so... So far... Yeah, so far. I I don't know that if I've... I don't know if I'll find any other ones. I think I've kind of exhausted my sources. Most of the ones that I have left that I haven't talked about are concerts and ballets. 
Okay. Unless I can find somebody to do like a podcast with like all the different ballets or all the different concerts. I may skip those just because it's kind of an undertaking. And unless, you know, Steven Spielberg announces his next big picture, Peter and the Wolf, <laughs> two hour long extravaganza. Uh, I suppose, but he probably would have to do what he did with War of the Worlds and make up his own story. Ouch. Yes. <laughs> What? I was about to say ouch. <laughs> but I agree. <laughs> I'm sure I probably know the answer to this, but what did you think of the end? Where, like, they reveal oh. that it was the grandfather all along and he still has the suit. Well, was that, was that really a secret? I, I, <laughs> I feel that was... I feel we knew that since the beginning. I don't think it was meant... Was it meant to be a reveal? I don't know. I I didn't know that at the beginning, but I was like, meh, really? That's your big twist? <laughs> I was underwhelmed by the twist. And, and somehow that same cat, bird, and duck are still alive in the same age. <laughs> when, when yeah, the, that when, too. That was when, also... <laughs> when the kid jumps into color land, or animation cartoon land, land. Cartoon land. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess Cartoon Land no one ages. Maybe that's what it is. I suppose. But, like, this was supposed to be, like, a literal place that his mother and grandfather grew up in and played in this meadow, but it wasn't Cartoon Land before. And also, his suit, like, that suit was pristine. Yeah. It looked brand new. But somehow this was the same suit that he wore when he was a boy. That guy ironed that shirt and steamed it every day. <laughs> I sealed it in plastic and never took it out. <laughs> On the original hanger, put some starch on it and kept it firm. Yeah, that was for like fifty years. Ridiculous. <laughs> I don't even know how they, like, I don't know what they pitched to Lloyd Bridges to for for this. Like, have I got a film for you? <laughs> Here, you like money. Here's some money. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> That's probably all it was. I can't imagine that there was some draw for this. Maybe he liked Chuck Jones. Maybe it could have been a personal favor. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that's basically the end of this one. It was well, fine. Yeah, maybe overall it was fine. I, I don't think I'd watch it again. Um, but if like I was forced to watch it again, I don't. I, you know, yeah. I'd be fine with it. Yeah, if I'm gonna watch a version, I probably would pick the stop motion, the darker version. Disney's is fine too. Uh, my my problem with Disney's one though is that I would rather it be without the narration. I think the narration brings it down. I think it'd be better as a silent. Sterling like Holloway narrated, right? If I remember correctly. Yes, yeah. and I like Sterling Holloway, but I just—I didn't really like his narration for that short. I—I I would have preferred it to be just a musical silent piece. Like just like a Fantasia thing. Yeah, it actually might have originated as an idea for a Fantasia, because like a lot of those yeah. shorts started as like something that was thrown out for Fantasia and then decided against. But yeah, this one was fine. Not my favorite, but 
It was an interesting piece of animation history since it had Chuck Jones attached. And I feel like if Chuck Jones wasn't attached, this probably would have been a lot less fine than it was. Probably. Even though he didn't do the animation, but I feel just having him on as, you know, what was a character designer or whatever, I think, or at least, you know, being involved, I think. Yeah. That helped. Like, I don't think, you know, had you not told me about this, I don't, I never heard of this before. So I don't know how popular, how popular, popular this is amongst like, are there people who are like, oh, I remember growing up with this and I watch it every year. There are people in the YouTube comments who are like praising the uploader for bringing back this piece of their childhood, but I don't think it has that. Like, it's not. There's not like millions of views on it. There's just like a few thousand, I think. So mm-hmm. it has a few fans, but not. It's not like a super popular thing. I guess the reason that I thought that maybe you would have seen it because somehow you had seen that really obscure secret garden <laughs> that we talked about. The reason I saw that it was on, they put it, because it's part of like a TV series, if I'm not mistaken, but they put mm-hmm. that episode on a VHS tape, and I think my cousins had the VHS tape, and I watched it at their house. And the okay. only thing I remembered from that was, I, I probably mentioned this in the episode too, but there was the song at the end that Mrs. What's-Her-Name sings. Madlock? Who was the villain again in that in the end of that? I'm pretty like, sure it was Mrs. Medlock because didn't they turn Mrs. Medlock into a villain? Yeah, yeah. So that was the only thing I remember, I remembered from that. So when I so that's why I watched it again when I found it on YouTube. I was like, I gotta remember if I anything about this movie. Mm, it was kind of hilarious. After I did that with you, I found out that my sister-in-law and her, all her sisters had apparently watched that a bunch when they were kids, too. <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's probably one of the more popular episodes of whatever show that was. Uh, probably, if they put it on a VHS tape. Yeah. I'm sure this show has basically been forgotten, but the tape... <laughs> that's, that's what happens with a lot of stuff. The things that were put on a cheap VHS tape by a certain segment of the population, it's very, a very popular thing lives on. Which I suppose is probably what happened with this, too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's all nostalgia, the people commenting on YouTube. Oh, this is interesting. There's apparently a, a CD-ROM that used animated sequences from this special. Was it a Peter and Wolf CD-ROM? Yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. I guess it was like a like one of those storybook CD-ROMs that like told the story of the short. Well, it says it's interactive. It says a year prior to the special's release, Time Warner would publish a series of merchandising developed by IFX Interactive entitled Chuck Jones, Peter and the Wolf, using the animated sequences of the special. An interactive CD-ROM was published by Time Warner Interactive for Windows 3.1 and Macintosh computer systems. Windows 3.1, gosh. <laughs> Featuring a log jam game, concept art, educational media about the symphony orchestra and the musical instruments, and screen documentaries of Chuck Jones and Sergei Prokofiev, who is the he is the composer. I found I found a CD of it on you know for sale, but it looks more like a music CD, not a not a interactive CD. 
Well, there was also that with narration by Kirstie Alley. So apparently they had like a whole big merchandise <laughs> thing around this too. So that probably helped for Gosh, well, kids well, to this? latch onto it. Okay, I found this. I found a picture from the PC game. Or is this, this either a real picture or a mock-up? I'm not sure. There's another thing that says that animated sequences differed from the ones in the special. Which I suppose if it's interactive, you'd have to have some be different. I, I don't know how interactive it was. Like, do you get an end where Peter gets eaten? <laughs> probably get a big choice is click right or click left. That was it. Probably. Oh, no, you killed Peter. Do you want to play again? <laughs> I guess so if I have to. That is interesting. That's not... I would have never thought to develop a PC game based on a, a, a Russian musical about a child fighting a wolf. <laughs> that is so random. Who, who who came up with this idea? Let's make a Peter and the Wolf video game. <laughs> I just love it. They don't need Street Fighter. <laughs> Probably some kids did love it. If they were kids like me and they only had like one video game, they probably would. <laughs> PC was a thing for me, so I grew up on all the PC entertainment games and stuff. But nope, Peter and the Wolf did not cross my, uh, my <laughs> personal collection. <laughs> we didn't get a computer until I was 12. And before that, the, my, the only way I had a computer was at the library. So I was obsessed with the library's basically their only game which was magic school bus the one where they go to space okay and like i played that every single time i went to the library i was obsessed with that game i remember that was a good thing about going to the libraries like in the public libraries they would have like pc games that you could play like they were like magic school bus or like you know they taught you to read or something and that was like the cool thing to go to library for mm-hmm. it's how it works I'm glad I grew up in the nice. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently there's a, like at the bottom of Wikipedia, you you can click open and it has links to different, like different yeah. versions of the story. So I clicked that one for Peter and the Wolf. There's a 1988 parody album by Weird Al. Okay, I gotta, I gotta listen to this. <laughs> First of all, I didn't know Weird Al was making stuff in the late 80s. <laughs> Second of all, nice. <laughs> <laughs> the album is Peter and the Wolf and Carnival of the Animals. What Carnival of the Animals? That's a, that's another classical oh, okay. music thing. Well, I, think about I think the there were selections from Carnival of the Animals on the same it, classical Carnival... album for kids that Peter and the Wolf was on. Sorry. When I was a kid. Sorry, but um, is Carnival of the Animals is that is that the piece in Fantasia 2000 with the flamingo, is that the music behind that? That's part of it, yeah. Okay, okay. Carnival of the Animals has a lot of pieces, but the, oh, okay. the piece with the from the flamingos, that's one piece, right? I guess, would you like to see another adaptation of Peter and the Wolf, like another animated one, or heck, even a live-action film? Sure. I always say yes, because I like seeing how different directors and writers put their own spin on things but if they didn't like if there wasn't one a new one ever 
I'd be fine with that too because I think the the stop motion one that one I feel like is like the definitive that one is like the best version mm-hmm. uh, aside from how it ends and the fact that they set it in semi modern day it's very close to the original with enough of their own spin on each character that it just sets it apart and it's, I think it's the best version I think I would like to see an, another animated short adaptation of this directed by Tim Burton. That could be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, the character designs would be whack. Secondly, <laughs> you know, imagine how dark that could get. Yeah. Like, I, that, that, that I'd be interested in. Anything else, I probably wouldn't care too much. But if Tim Burton said he's making one, I'll, I'll give it a watch. Yeah. I. Yeah, I mean, I'd watch if somebody if anybody made one, I would watch. But I feel like Tim Burton, that would be really interesting to see. Anyways, I suppose we probably could just end this episode, <laughs> since I think we've pretty much talked about everything. Yeah, for a forty-five minutes short, I think we've said all we can for this. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's always fun, like usual. Yeah, thanks for joining me. It was an interesting short. If you ask me in like five months what Peter and Wolf, what the story's about, I probably won't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, anyways, I guess that's the end of that episode. (laughs) Do you want to let people know where they can find you if they want more from you? Sure, um, I got two blogs. Um, The Animation Commendation is the first one. I do animated movie reviews, top 13 list. I have my own post-millionaire animation themed game show on there. And you can go to theanimationcombination.com to access that. Then I have a second blog, My Live Action Disney Project, where I'm trying to watch and review every single theatrically released, or now Disney Plus because streaming, um, <laughs> di- uh, live action Disney movie ever made. And yeah, you can go to myliveactiondisneyproject.com to access that. Okay, and I'll have those linked below. Well, I guess we will probably see you again for another episode um, yep i'm pretty sure i'll be back i, I hope to be back uh, soon <laughs> okay well until next time thanks for listening to this episode of every version ever if you like what you've heard make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to the every version ever youtube channel Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well. Any relevant links will be in the description for easy access. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.